Hi, I'm Andy Kindler, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Are you enjoying it? I certainly hope so. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's the flashback episode. Uh, actually, no, no, I'm, I'm an anonymous source. Uh, I'm calling about uh, Newt Gingrich. He, uh, I have to tell you this, he, he uh, sexually harassed several women 10 years ago. Yes, that's my former boss, Gary Burbank, calling in as Newt Gingrich from episode 19. And, well, you know, all shows do it once in a while, the flashback episode, that is. So let's gather around the kitchen table and remember more whack adventures that we've had over the course of the past year or so. Like, remember the time Michelle Bachman thought that the Founding Fathers had ended slavery? Remember that? This fall on PBS... Michelle Bachman presents The Civil War. We know there was slavery that was still tolerated when the nation began. We know that was an evil, and it was a scourge and a blot and a stain upon our history. But we also know that the very founders that wrote those documents worked tirelessly until slavery was no more in the United States. Join us for this insightful, in-depth and bat-crazy look at the Civil War, this fall on PBS. <laughs> you have to a lot of fake laughter when you're coming out of a flashback like that. <laughs> oh, Michelle. And she thought her next job was going to be as President of the United States. Hey, speaking of jobs, remember when Ohio Governor John Kasich was bragging about bringing all kinds of jobs from Kentucky over to Ohio? <laughs> remember that? We had some big news uh, here where this podcast comes from, that being Cincinnati, Ohio. Apparently, a Fortune 500 company is moving its headquarters to Cincinnati, and, and that's that's pretty huge news, except for the fact that they're only moving it one mile, as right now they're across the river in Covington, Kentucky. So I don't know where you live, but um, maybe put on an international scale, something people can all understand. This is essentially like a company moving from Brooklyn to Queens, or let me see if you're in Los Angeles, a company moving from Pasadena to Glendale. Okay, it, it just it's meaningless. It makes no difference. Yet uh, all of the news channels were just all a buzz about this company moving its headquarters from Covington to Cincinnati. And of course, uh, our governor was down here from Columbus, uh, crowing about what what a what a huge move this was, but also uh, lamenting the fact that uh, Kentucky would perhaps be losing some jobs. In the past, everybody was coming and taking our jobs out of the state, and for the first time, we're bringing jobs into the state. The only problem with that, of course, is that no one's losing a job and no one's gaining a job. Nobody's moving. The company's moving one mile. No one's going anywhere. The only people this benefits is the city of Cincinnati and the state of Ohio because they'll presumably get more uh, tax revenue, which is fine, but it also sucks for Covington because they're going to lose the same amount. So the metropolitan area as a whole... It's, it's just a big wash. It's meaningless. Now, one reporter uh, for our Channel 12, our CBS affiliate, did point out one interesting fact. The options move out of the area, stay in Kentucky or cross the river. 
Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's pretty important. The, the jobs at least didn't move, like, to Texas or to Florida or someplace like that. No offense if you live there, by the way. But, you know, they didn't go anywhere uh, like Chiquita is about to. You know, the folks that, you know, make the bananas that, uh, that turn up in your local grocery store, they're headquartered in Cincinnati, but not for long. Uh, apparently, they're headed for Charlotte, North Carolina. But anyway, uh, instead of like, you know, going on about that, which would have been fair, would have, you know, we kept the jobs here in the tri-state, as we call it. It's our metropolitan area is made up of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Instead of, you know, bragging about that, they're making it look like, like they've created 500 new jobs in the city of Cincinnati, and which is, nothing could be further from the truth. There's no delight in seeing jobs come from somewhere else where people lose them. Well, you can clear your conscience, Governor, because no one's losing a job. They're the same effing jobs. They're, no one's moving anywhere. No jobs are being created. Goodness gracious. Now, other news reports said that since the company is staying here, they're going to be able to ramp up their business and they will eventually add jobs, but they would have added those jobs in Covington anyway. So, yeah, overall, you know, the, they're going to add some jobs in the tri-state, which is good, and they didn't move to Texas or Florida. But down the road, don't let them run any jive by you that they've created 500 jobs in the city of Cincinnati. That's just not what's happening. And I'm not even a journalist, and, and I'm pointing this out. So, I mean, I'm kind of a journalist. If you, know, if you follow any of my other endeavors, if you care to Google my name, you see I, you know, I interview comedians and things like that. But, you know, I'm not really a journalist. I'm like a para-journalist. <laughs> That Governor John Kasich, boy, he sure is crazy, isn't he? But not quite as crazy as Victoria Jackson. Remember when she was going on and on about Obama being a socialist? Boy, I sure do. Well, last week uh, I did a what I thought was a fairly hilarious bit about the Occupy Wall Street movement uh, here in Cincinnati, uh, the Occupy Cincinnati movement, and uh, I also mentioned that a, a local AM talk show radio host went down to the protest and almost interacted with the protesters. Well, what if I bump into one of them and one of their, their drug needles stabs me from their pocket? And that was uh, talk show host Doc Thompson, who I mistakenly kept referring to as Scott Thompson, and in my defense... Uh, as I had said at the beginning of the bit, uh, a lot of the uh, hosts on WLW are, are pretty uh, interchangeable. I'm white. I'm a Republican. Uh, that's actually uh, Mark Amazon, who's on uh, at night. No, I mixed up uh, Doc Thompson and Scott Sloan. Oddly, Scott Sloan, I went to uh, Bowling Green with. He worked at the AM radio station, and I worked at the uh, FM radio station. And uh, Doc Thompson just came from someplace else. Uh, actually, he's from, he grew up not far from where I grew up. He grew up in Ashtabula, Ohio. I grew up in Mentor, Ohio. So in my head, I just mixed the two of them together, which I guess illustrates uh, why Doc Thompson has an actual radio show on a major radio station in this country, actually two, and I'm a guy sitting in front of my computer. So, um, but then again, you can see how I could con confuse all those guys in my head. All right, moving right along, uh, you know, certain things fascinate me in this world. Just goofy things. Uh, D.B. Cooper I'm interested in, and we're coming up on, uh, I think, the 30th anniversary of that, 40th anniversary of that. Uh, UFOs uh, interest me. I don't think that they're from other planets. I just think that they're natural phenomenon or experimental aircraft, but I like the mystery around it. Uh, ghost malls interest me. That's another strange one. But uh, a new one kind of has, has caught my interest. And, uh, well, I was watching the uh, Tea Party protests a couple of uh, years ago 
and I believe it was uh, Chase Whitehead again, the, the fellow who went around interviewing people, and they showed a montage of all the stuff that was going on, and uh, amongst the montage, I heard this. I bite my lip a lot and fidget with the buttons on my blouse. Why? Because there's a communist living in the White House. And I was like, hey, I recognize her. That's Victoria Jackson. That's really funny. And then I realized after doing a little more research, oh, no, she's actually serious. Take a side that he's a communist, Muslim, <laughs> you know, racist. That's Ms. Jackson uh, talking about our president. And, uh, oh, wait, there's more. I was at the first tea party in L.A. I thought there's only two people coming because it's all liberal there. And I thought I might get shot at because I've never been to a protest before. Well, I can kind of understand uh, that fear, you know, because, uh, well, listen to this. It's a nice ladies' gun. What makes New Hampshire one of, the, one of our freedoms here is to be able to carry So. That was from a Tea Party protest uh, in New Hampshire, and that lady pointing out that they're the ones that have the guns! So, of course, Victoria Jackson would be afraid of getting shot because everyone around her's got a gun! So, anyway, um, so I've been watching this with interest, and I'm thinking, this has got to be a shtick. And I'm thinking, and even though I did a little more research, and it turns out um, Victoria Jackson was raised in a Christian family in Miami and went to uh, a Christian college and everything like that. But that doesn't make her nuts. I mean, there's a lot of funny Christian people out there. And, you know, humor is one of his gifts. No? So I'm thinking this has got to be a shtick. I mean, she's going to make Andy Kaufman look like Gallagher. Uh, so here, I, I thought I'd play some of the uh, wacky stuff she said. And I think maybe kind of like uh, they do on The Daily Show, we'll add um, the audience laughing. Although the audience on The Daily Show is actually laughing at the stuff going on. But I'm going to kind of, you know... If this were a Daily Show bit, in other words, uh, well, you'll, you'll see what I mean here. I bite my lip a lot and fidget with the buttons on my blouse. Why? Because there's a communist living in the White House. Why aren't people up in arms? Does anyone read history? Or I think Obama is a communist. <laughs> And my husband said, don't use that word, say radical or Marxist, but, um, you know, Karl Marx wrote the book, The Communist Manifesto, so I don't see why people are afraid to say the word communist, because I've done a lot of research. <laughs> and I read the book 1984 by George Orwell twice. I was walking through the airport and every magazine had Obama's picture on it. Every one. <laughs> and I turned on the TV and every channel had him on it. <laughs> and it's like uh, Castro in Cuba or uh, uh, the guy in China. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've already started sliding into socialism with the government now controlling uh, the liberals are controlling all of the uh, TV channels. <laughs> okay, well, you get the idea there. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is, uh, this is Andy Kaufman and, and uh, wrestler Jerry Lawler. I'm, I'm telling you, in a couple of years, she's going to be like, ah, it's just kidding. And she's going to be a genius. I hope. For all our sakes.
That harp sounds a little more sinister than it does comical, but that was the best one I could find. Anyway, yeah, Victoria Jackson. Boy, if you could think of anybody crazier, you might want to go with, oh, I don't know, Newt Gingrich? You know, he called us once, and oh, boy. Well, the uh, GOP presidential campaign doesn't seem to be getting any less interesting. Uh, in fact, it seems to be getting more interesting with, uh, you know, gaff after gaff coming up. No one really able to uh, to seize this thing, and... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I left my Skype on again. I'm sorry. Uh, let me grab this real quick. Hello? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, this is an anonymous source. Uh, yeah, yeah. An anonymous source calling with some important information about Newt Gingrich. Uh, but wait a second, this is Newt Gingrich. Uh, actually, no, no. I'm, I'm an anonymous source. Uh, I'm calling about uh, Newt Gingrich. He, uh, I have to tell you this, he, he uh, sexually harassed several women ten years ago. Uh, Mr. Gingrich, I know that it's you because right here on my Skype it says Fig Newton 43 is your handle, and right under that it says your name, Newt Gingrich. Oh, okay, okay, PF. It's, it's, it's Newt Gingrich, yes, okay. Okay, uh, you got me. Okay, why would you call and pretend to be an anonymous caller and then say that you sexually harassed women ten years ago? <coughs> well, because it's, it's, it's the only way I can get ahead of the other candidates. Uh, I mean, Herman Cain is, I mean, he's got broads coming out of the woodwork saying he sexually harassed them, and, and he's gone, you know, up in the polls after that, I mean, so to speak. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this EPF, uh, I... I don't know what else to do, actually. Well, Newt, you've done some pretty despicable things to women. I mean, you left your first wife in 1981 while she was stricken with cancer. Well, thank you. Yes, I did. Yes, thank you. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then, and then you left your uh, second wife after having an affair with a congressional aide who became your third wife. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was great. Yeah, I did that, too, yes. So uh, I think that uh, one of these next debates, you should probably bring that up. And, and uh, But you better hurry because you've only got about another, what, 50 or 60 of these debates to go through? Well, you know, I think the problem with that, P.F., is that if I've been pretty straightforward about it. Cain's uh, been all over the place on these charges. I mean, he's he's stumbling around worse than Lindsay Lohan at Keith Richards' birthday party. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, do you think people, when, when people hear that he was uh, head of the NRA, they think he was Charlton Heston's successor at the National Rifle Association? Do you think that, maybe? Uh, no, I, I think people know he's the, it was the restaurant uh, outfit. Um but I think you've got a bigger problem, though, with uh, Mitt Romney. I think he's your big rival. You mean uh, Mitt O'Bromney? O'Bromney. That, that's very clever. O'Bromney, yeah. Mitt O'Bromney. <laughs> still, I've, I've still got to, I, I've got it, P.F. I can do all this kind of stuff. I can, I can pull this off. Of course, you know, O'Bromney's got that Mormon thing working for him. Working for him? I think that's one of the things that's making people kind of skittish. Why do you say it's working for him? Well, you know, the whole polygamy thing, P.F., you know, big love, big love. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Cain harassed what, uh, four women? I mean, who knows how many Mitt has in his harem? Uh, I don't think Mitt's a polygamist, Mr. Gingrich. I think he's pretty pretty mainstream. What do you, what do you think, you know, I mean, he's a Mormon. I think, uh, when you think uh, Mormons, don't you think polygamy? I think polygamy. Well... And... and 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 hiding when I when when I see they're they're going door to door on my street too. You ever hide from those guys? I they, do they, do they that, knock yeah. on your door. They want yeah. to give you a little a little brochure or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Dottie and Marie. I yeah. mean, do you think Mitt's a little country or maybe a little bit rock and roll? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but if uh, you're going to win this nomination, you better focus on the other candidates. Oh, I am. I am. I I think my three biggest competitors are 
Herman Cain, Mitt Romney, and oops. <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> Rick Perry, you know, dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Mr. Gingrich. Thanks for calling. Anytime. Did I call or did you? Who should hang up first? <laughs> oh, and you, know how to, you don't know how to use the Skype? Uh, no, I, uh, hmm. No, it's Skype, you say. Yes, you, you called you called me on Skype, so I, I either I one of I called you on Skype, okay, yeah. yes. Well, so there, actually, uh, I have a, an evil minion who just had to me the phone. He, he made oh, the phone okay. call. All right, very well. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, he's going to take care of that for me. I don't, I don't hang up phones. Got, I'm, I'm way above it, that. It's, it's important to have the minions. All right, Mr. Gingrich, well, thanks for talking to us. Sure. Was I talking? <laughs> yeah, you were talking. Okay. I'm going to give you a break from the harp there for a second. Um, yeah, I know people are probably saying, hey, you know, you make fun of a lot of, like, you know, Mitt Romney and uh, and Michelle Bachman back there and, of, uh, of course, uh, Newt Gingrich there with your old boss, Gary Burbank. But speaking of Gary Burbank, here's a bit I wrote for him twice, and he never used it. I think because in order for you to really appreciate it, you have to know either – uh, early 50s pop music, like pre-rock and roll rock music, uh, pop music, I mean, or uh, late 80s, early 90s alternative music, because this relies on a song by a group called The Four Lads, later covered by They Might Be Giants. Anyway, uh, poking a little fun at, um, I don't know, the sometimes uncharismatic Vice President Joe Biden, because he called in one time, and let me tell you... Vice President Biden is in Turkey currently, speaking to leaders there about what to do about the situation in Syria. And uh, I got a hold of a number here. I don't know if this is going to work, but let me see. Oh, uh, hello? Vice President Biden? Oh, uh, yes? P.F. Wilson from P.F.'s Tape Recorder Comedy Podcast. Oh, hello, P.F. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Really? Uh, no, you have to say things like that uh, in politics, P.F. Hmm, bummer. Well, you're in Istanbul, I understand. Uh, yes, P.F., I am standing in the heart of one of the most interesting cities in the world, Istanbul, Turkey, a city where uh, Europe meets Asia, where Christianity rubs shoulders with Islam, and a city steeped in religious history, but also devoutly secular in its politics. A city where... Whoa, 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 whoa Vice President, I, I don't want to... I didn't call uh, Senator Kerry. Oh, sorry, P.F. Now, uh, Mr. Vice President, I know you're a student of history, at least uh, for the purposes of this bit. Can you tell us a little more about Istanbul's fascinating history? Uh, well, P.F., uh, Istanbul was Constantinople, but uh, now, of course, it's uh, Istanbul and not Constantinople. In fact, it's been a long time gone for Constantinople. Now, it can best be described as uh, a Turkish delight on a moonlit night, if you will. And what about the people? Uh, some fascinating folks have been through that city over the centuries. Uh, does anyone still refer to it as Constantinople? Uh, P.F., every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul and, and not Constantinople, so if uh, a young man were to have a date in Constantinople, the young lady would be, in fact, waiting in Istanbul. I see. Uh, now, this isn't the only case of a city changing its name in the history of the world. Uh, no, P.F., in fact, uh, even old New York was once called New Amsterdam. And why did they change it? Well, I can't say, P.F., but historians mostly agree that people just liked it better that way. Okay, well, let's get back to Constantinople. Uh, you can't get back to Constantinople, P.F., because it's Istanbul, it's not Constantinople. Yes, but uh, why did Constantinople get the works, then, as they say? Well, P.F., there's much speculation, but really, as a diplomat, I must say that it's uh, nobody's business but the Turks. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Vice President, reporting from Istanbul, not Constantinople. Well, it isn't just made-up guests we have fun with. Of course, we have uh, real uh, stand-up comedians on the podcast each and every week, uh, occasionally musicians as well. But um, probably the funniest thing that happened was when Augie Smith called in and we were discussing Occupy Wall Street and the man stepped in. Remember that? Actually, this actually is pretty funny. Um, Remember that? What's going on? Nah. Nah, none of it matters to you. Don't know what's going on. Because it doesn't matter until you try to do something about it. And the best you can do, if you're really upset about things, is throw up a tent and go sleep in a downtown park. But eventually the cops are just going to come and bust you in the head and everybody's going to say that you cost the... In Portland, they said that the occupiers cost the city... Oh, poo. Okay, so what happened there was that uh, we're just going along fine, had a decent Skype connection, and it got cut off, so I had to call Augie back at the hotel. That's what happened there. Did the man turn us off? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the man cut us off. That's yep. what he does. Yep, so you were saying that in Portland, the Occupy Wall Street, and as soon as you said that, bam! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think so, Augie Smith. Yeah, the man the man is dropping his hammer again. He That's is. what he does. That's what he does. The man dropping his hammer on Augie, because that's what he does. And of course, you know, if you're really going to defend yourself against the man, because the man will come for you one day, I am told, you need a gun. And of course, nothing's more fun or exciting than when people shoot each other. Isn't that great? Why well, I remember this one bit... So it happened again. Uh, I was racking my brain trying to figure out what kind of bit can I do for this week's show. Looking on the USA Today, I'm looking all over. I didn't really mean to go to Facebook as a resource, but I just happened to click on it to check out what was going on, and I saw this. 18-year-old Sarah McKinley killed a man, she says, to protect her three-month-old baby. The teen mother killed the 24-year-old intruder the second he stepped inside. Police call the shooting justified. I'm sure you've seen that story. That was uh, from Good Morning America, that clip. It was also on NBC Nightly News the following day. And uh, it ended up in my Facebook feed because a Facebook friend who loves guns uh, posted it and was very happy about uh, the story. And uh, I guess in a way I I can see why, but I think the reason it resonates with someone like me, a parent, is not because she shot the guy so much as she was a young mom protecting her kid. And there's even a more tragic angle. She's a widow. Her husband died on Christmas Day of cancer. Holy cow. So these two goons try to break into uh, into her house, and she has a shotgun. And uh, she kills the one dude, the other dude uh, wisely surrenders, and now he actually is going to be charged with first-degree murder for being an accomplice and getting his buddy killed. Got no problem with any of that. The only uh, debate I have with the gun folks is that uh, if we didn't have handguns, people wouldn't get killed by handguns. City of Toronto, Canada, 2.48 million people has 26 handgun murders in 2011. Compare that to Chicago, a city of almost the exact same size, had just over 300 handgun murders. But the problem is, and this is the reason I don't get into the debate with the gun control or any of that, is because you'll never get the guns back. The guns are already out there. You're never going to get that genie back into the bottle. So I don't even bother. 
father. All I'm asking is everybody just be careful. Uh, you know, the NRA always says we promote responsible gun ownership. Great. Let's make sure everyone's doing that. And I think everything will be just fine. And uh, although a lot of people below the post were really, really excited uh, that, th that these guys got shot. And again, I think they're more excited that they were able to use a gun to kill somebody than the fact that a mom was protecting her kid. And I try to point out these things don't always have a happy ending. 84-year-old Charles Foster lives in the home right behind me. Police say he shot and killed 75-year-old Ed Stevens of Hamilton. Police say Stevens broke into Foster's home and assaulted him. But the real tragedy is that Stevens' family members say that he suffered from dementia and he thought he was at his sister-in-law's home who lives right next door. Whoops. Uh, if you listen to the rest of the video, it actually is a lot more damning against the, the poor gentleman with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's because he actually was physically attacking the homeowner with a board with a nail in it and it was just going crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen to the to the shooter and it is just a tragic situation. But again, people just seemed really happy that somebody got shot. And when I tried to bring this up on <laughs> the Facebook string, people were like, oh, well, the guy didn't know. So if someone's attacking me, I'm going to shoot him in my house. Well, OK, yeah, I get that. But again, can't we just all calm down and just be, you know, a little more careful? You know, I don't know what the, the guy there in Hamilton, Ohio would have done. I mean, he was almost in the same situation as the young lady in Oklahoma City. He didn't know. I'm just saying there's no need to be so happy about this. Well, uh, one of the fellows in the Facebook string wasn't having any of it. I brought up uh, the fact that I knew somebody in law enforcement who recently had someone break into his house and uh, in a fairly nice neighborhood uh, down there in the uh, southern part of the United States. And uh, he was in law enforcement, drew his gun. Uh, this gal broke in his kitchen window. Apparently, she was uh, high on drugs, presumably going to burgle the place to get more drug money. He did not fire. He was able to subdue her in another manner, and she was taken off to jail. Now, in the same situation, first of all, I'm too chicken to have a gun, but if I did, I, I, I would have shot. Hell, you don't know. So, again, but I wouldn't have been happy about it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a last resort thing, and thankfully, my friend was able to, uh, you know, to, to subdue the intruder by another means. Still, nope, still wouldn't have any of it. Now, you gotta, if someone comes to your house, you gotta shoot him, period. So then I proposed the question. I said, you know, look, I've, uh, because I, I, another posting a couple months ago, someone had posted a thing where a woman shot a guy that was going to carjack the car. Again, someone's breaking into your car. You've got a baby in there. Mm, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, I said, you know, I've, I have a car that's uh, kind of identical to a lot of other cars in the suburb that I live in. There's at least, I think, three or four cars that look exactly like mine. And I was at the uh, grocery store. This happened just last week. And the car was parked opposite me on the other side of the row of cars. And I walked over to the other car, lifted the door handle, put my key in. I'm thinking, why isn't my, my key's not working? Oh, my key's busted. Not my car. So I asked him, I said, you know, what if someone would have been in there and thought I was trying to carjack him? Should he have shot me? And the guy says, yes, <laughs> I should have been shot. Um, let me see here. It says, if someone is sitting in the car and you are trying to break into it, yes, you need to be shot for carjacking. <laughs> Holy crap. Are you out of your mind? So, uh, this guy also goes on to say that if someone tries to break into his house, uh, he apparently lives in Texas, he's going to uh, shoot the guy and then have a big party. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what that party would be like. Hey, Jimbo, great party. What's the occasion again? All these crooks tried to bust into the house here, so I was done and shot him. Good job. Was he a druggie or a legal? Ditto, commie, I think. Had a brown uniform and said UPS. That's got to be some kind of a commie thing. Or fascist. Yeah, commie, fascist, same thing. Like President Obama, Nazi von Communist Muslim not born here. 
and he had a box that said Amazon on it. Now that's clean over in Africa, so you know he was up to no good around these parts. You hear that? Yeah, what do you reckon it is? Hello, anyone home? Clem, you get the door. Okay, here goes. Hi, I've got two large peas. <laughs> you got them, Jimbo. Woo! Okay, well, that's it now for the flashback episode. I hope you enjoyed that. hope you enjoyed all that irritating harp music. And, of course, usually these flashback episodes are two-parters. And so is this one, only you're going to hear part two probably in late October when I have some other stuff going on. Although, putting this together was actually a lot harder than just having a guest on. So, I don't know. It was a nice little garage sale of um, dumb PF bits. Hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, um, if you're still listening, follow me on Twitter at PF66. Like the podcast on Facebook. Uh, music for PS Tape Recorder composed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. PS Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. And I guess that's all of the business we have here other than to say so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>